Welcome to In Layman's Terms, a podcast dedicated to stories of discipleship and putting scripture to use in our daily lives. I'm your host, Todd Seifert. I'm the Communications Director for the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church, comprised of just fewer than 1,000 churches throughout Kansas and Nebraska. I'm also a certified lay minister in the United Methodist Church, so what you hear on this show truly comes to you in layman's terms. I have more than 25 years experience teaching the Bible to everyone from teenagers to 90-somethings, and I served as a journalist for 20 years prior to entering ministry. So I'm excited to share with you stories of disciples in action and to explore with you what the Bible has to teach us in the 21st century. Some episodes focus on a person or church doing great things to serve as the hands and feet of Christ. Some episodes feature interviews with experts who can help us along our faith journey. Still others include short reflections on scripture. Thank you for joining me. in the Great Plains Conference is our annual Laity Summit. It's a day dedicated to training and education, specifically for laity, and the 2023 edition is scheduled for March 18th. It's completely online, using Zoom, so you can participate from anywhere in Kansas or Nebraska, or anywhere from around the world for that matter. So far, we have people from all 17 Great Plains districts registered to take part in what should be a great day of learning. The theme this year is And They Dreamed. And I think that's significant. After three years amid a pandemic, which forced all of us to be so reactive in so many ways, and amid a season in the United Methodist Church marked and scarred by disaffiliations of congregations, it's time to start moving forward again. And I think we do that by daring to dream, by allowing ourselves to stop focusing on the past and instead cast our eyes toward the future. We're going to talk about the Laity Summit in this episode. My first guest is Lisa Maupin, the conference lay leader and one of the organizers of the event. And she's pretty good at it, too. You see, her day job at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln is all about organizing major events, so this is nothing new for her. She's going to share with us how the Laity Summit came to be and what you'll see if you choose to participate. And yes, there is still plenty of time to participate. You can register right up until the day of the event if you'd like, so don't miss the show notes for a link, or you can go to www.greatplainsumc.org slash laity hyphen summit. A little later in this episode, we'll talk with our keynote speaker, Reverend Rebecca Simon Peter. She's a noted author and a chief visionary for Rebecca Simon Peter Coaching and Consulting Incorporated, which has a flagship program titled Creating a Culture of Renewal. She's going to talk to us about how important it is for a congregation to do as one of her book titles suggests, Dream Like Jesus. But let's get started with our discussion first with Lisa Moppin. I'm joined now by Lisa Maupin. She's the Great Plains Conference lay leader. Uh, Lisa's been on the show before, but welcome back to In Layman's Terms. Well, thank you for inviting me back. <laughs> our, our topic is the Laity Summit. It's it's right around the corner. It, it's coming up on March 18th. Uh, it'll be a, a completely on Zoom. So no matter where you are in the world, you can take part. Uh, but I wanted to have Lisa come on and talk to us a little bit to get our discussion going here in this episode about what the Laity Summit is, and then we'll get into some of the workshops and, and what you can learn if you attend uh, to attend that uh, event with us. So, Lisa, let's start off with what is the Laity Summit? What are the hopes and dreams for this kind of event? So the Laity Summit is um, 
is an opportunity for the lady in the Great Plains and, and beyond. We do actually have people from other conferences that join us um, to engage in a learning opportunity to, um, that is specifically designed um, with lady in mind. It's very specific into um, topics and concerns that might be something that people in the local church are very like are looking for resources, new opportunities to grow, um, some affirmation moments like, hey, we're not that bad, you know, we're doing okay. Um, kind of sometimes we just need to hear that, right? We need to hear that we're doing great, we're doing okay. Um, uh, and to to engage in that. Um, it's really um it started out as a dream about five years ago. We're in our fourth year, but it took us a year to plan that first one. It takes us a year to plan all of them, actually. Um and um and it, it started out as kind of like, we recognized that we didn't really have a conference-wide learning opportunity for laity or a gathering moment, to be honest with you. And the clergy have orders and fellows, but laity didn't really have an answer to that. So um, Mary Fite, who at that time was the director of Lay Servant Ministries, and I sat down um, with some others and we just started um, thinking about what that could be. And so that's uh, that's kind of where Lady Summit kind of birthed into this and also um, became what it is. And it's continuing to grow. It's continuing to change and morph with the needs of the Great Plains. Uh, we, what we do is we listen throughout the year and that's how we kind of decide um, where we're gonna go and what we're gonna um, do um, and what people might need um, kind of thing. We don't always hit the nail on the head, but we try. And it was such a great idea that it broke the world. <laughs> Yes, actually, it we, is. Oh, that, yes. Thank you. I, I love that idea. Um, yes, we broke the world. Um, so um, for the history of this is we actually intended the very first one. We had it all planned to be in person. It was going to be great. We were super excited. And then um, a week. Was it a week? Did we get a week? It, it was nine days. Nine days. Okay. So nine days, a little more than a week. Um, uh, uh, the world um, started to engage in what we call the pandemic <laughs> and COVID appeared. And we had to quickly move this dreamed in-person event into a virtual setting. Um, we stumbled along the way, but it was our first attempt. Um, and I give us grace in all of that, um, but we did it. Um, we didn't say no, and we didn't stop it and say, oh, we're canceling. We actually moved forward, and um, and I think that I think that was a really good moment for us too to to realize we don't. I think it set the tone for us. We didn't stop doing our work. We didn't stop doing what we were called to do. We just morphed, transformed it, and kind of pivoted a little bit and rather quickly. Um, and I think, in a way, that's kind of how um, I feel like a lot of our churches and lady approach the pandemic. It kind of started us off on that tone. We just pivot. Right. Um, and we learned so much that first year yeah. about doing the, I mean, in your day job, you, you do the, you do virtual events all the time, but this was kind of the first one for laity that we had done in the Great Plains. And so uh, we learned a few things. And as a result, we, even though the pandemic is, I don't want to say it's over, but we, you know, we certainly have crossed a, a threshold with it. We've continued to keep it as an online event. So tell me a little bit about the rationale behind that and why that's such a benefit for Lady in the Great Plains Conference. Right. Okay. So it wasn't our intent, right? Like after we did the first virtual one, we were going to go back in person. We had everything lined up, ready to go. Um, pandemic continued. Um, so, um, so we knew we had to do virtual. And so then the second time around, after we did it, well, we thought, well, you know, we need to 
let's do an evaluation. And so we sent an evaluation out and we read and we heard from the evaluation that there was actually a preference for this to be virtual, which wasn't necessarily going to be a, a, our intent. And we're always going to ask that question so that we know that we're meeting the needs. But one of the things that happened with it were um, the unexpected gifts of um, going virtual. And that was, we are a two-state conference. And for Lady to commit the time that needed to engage in an in-person event is at times pretty, pretty drastic. Used to be, I lived in, when I first came into leadership um, in my legacy conference, there, there, everybody always told me, well, we kind of have this unwritten rule. You don't have to travel longer than the meeting. We try not to have you travel longer than the meeting. You can't do that anymore in the Great Plains. You will spend more time on the road than you actually do in your learning engagement session. And so 67,000 square miles, just in case yes, you're wondering yes. what that is. And so, so given that and given that our lady have commitments and everything like that and, and costs, let's be honest, cost is another factor in this. Um, it really um, became evident that maybe this virtual setting is the way to go. And so there's those like, you know, like those make sense, those logical uh, kind of things. But then there's this other piece that also factors in. And it is that we can record our sessions. We can record those opportunities. We can place them on a platform, which is our learning lab. And once we place those on the platform, then, and we've heard this feedback as well, then there's these people who attend have an opportunity to share it with their churches, with others that didn't get to attend, sit down and have a learning moment as well. Um, we know that they've either used it on in a team setting, like a, a council meeting, or maybe it's in a Sunday school class or something like that. Some of the, the things that they've learned and they've applied it. So, so what started out as a one day learning opportunity now has, grown, now has the opportunity to be an engagement and learning opportunity throughout an entire year. Or and beyond, really, truly. Um, and so that was another gift that was unexpected, but also adds value to this event. So even we love, of course, we want hundreds of people to log on, right? But if that can't happen, because for some reason, you have to attend a youth basketball or a youth baseball event or whatever, you still you aren't missing out, you still have that opportunity to learn and engage. And this is the only true big learning and engagement event that the Great Plains has for laity at this time. We have other things that we do throughout the year, but this is the one coordinated big one that we do. It also allows for us to bring in guest speakers from outside the area, such as uh, our keynote speaker this year is Reverend Rebecca Simon-Peter. Uh, she has written a book that um, is titled Dream Like Jesus. And I, we're going to talk to her in just a few moments. Uh, we have an interview with her as well, talking about what she's going to be sharing with us. But uh, there's somebody that she's up in Wyoming, uh, wouldn't be able to really come to Kansas for a one day, few hour event, but we can bring her in thanks to the online platform. So just one more, one more benefit that we, that we didn't really count on at the time. Uh, what do you, what are you hoping to hear from her in the, um, in the, in her keynote address? So I had the opportunity earlier this week to actually um, have a, a Zoom call with her. And it was kind of one of my first engagements. I had heard all these great things, knew the books, like all of these things. And everybody's telling me, oh, she's, you know, she's amazing. And um, what I found was amazing about her um, the most was she started out our time with us asking us questions. 
as what are the hopes and the dreams? What are the struggles? What is it that um, people need? Um, what are they saying? Um, where are the roadblocks? Like all of these things. And it was such with such intentionality that it got me excited about here's somebody who gets it, who cares, who understands all levels of um, where people are at in, um, in their leadership development, in their church work, in their faith walks, all of those kind of things and understands in the context of she she's in a part of it, right? Like it's, it's something that's really true and real for her. And especially from, um, I think this is significantly important um, for a, a good chunk of our churches and our people is she's in Wyoming, which means that she is in isolated areas. Um, she's working a lot with smaller churches with minimal resources, right? She knows those churches, she's in those churches. Um, she gets when uh, laity driven and why laity drive is so important because the pastor is a quarter time or something along those pieces or is um, also working a full-time job and still pastoring. You know what that's like, Todd, right? So, so she gets that. And so when she speaks to that and when she hears those things, she responds in that manner. And I think that's very beneficial for our, for our people. And I think she's going to challenge us. I think she's going to challenge us not to still maintain the status quo, but to really think with um, not in a what we don't have, but what we can have, not how we are surviving, but how we have opportunities to thrive in little ways that create big movements. And so I think that that's, those are things that I'm really encouraged by um, with her um, kind of thing. I think if you could find a speaker that would understand um, a good chunk of our conference, uh, we couldn't have found a better speaker. Um, to be honest with you. Well, based on the interview that uh, we recorded, that's going to play right after we get done talking with Lisa here, um, you're going to hear a lot about uh, her book, but her, her, she, it's not just about her book. It's about applying the things that she wrote in her book to the local congregation with laity specifically in mind. As she's going to point out to you, the clergy are less than 1% of the people in the church. Uh, the laity are 99.999% of, of, uh, of the folks in, in our churches across the Great Plains, and that's just the way it is everywhere. And so uh, she really has targeted, I think anyway, based on her discussion, I think, she, I think you're going to find that she's really uh, pointed her remarks to that, that aspect. So if you're a layperson in the Great Plains Conference, I think you're going to gain a lot from listening to what she has to say. And, it, and that statement right there, Todd, just made my mentors, um, the, the one of my mentors, super happy because she always reminds me that laity are the backbone of our churches, and that we we have we have we are um, we have numbers. <laughs> so we have this we have this one person coming from outside the Great Plains Conference to provide the keynote, but then we have a bunch of workshops that people can choose to participate that are almost exclusively people from the Great Plains that are going to help teach others some of the different aspects of, of what they do. Uh, we've got things related to building connections. We've got things about uh, Mission Insight, which is a fantastic tool that I personally have used in, in, in my local church ministry uh, to try to figure out my community around me to, to figure out how we can better serve. Uh, we're going to have, we have a workshop on cultural diversity uh, one about uh, getting past burnout and frustration. Wow, is that something that we could all use a little bit of? Uh, 
For those of you who are interested, uh, Randall Hodgkinson, uh, one of our associate lay leaders, is going to be teaching a Methodist 101 class, which is, I got to think, <laughs> he is a lecturer, right? I mean, he, he does, he teaches college level stuff, and he's going to apply that to the United Methodist Church. So it's going to be awesome for you to hear. He's, he's been a guest on this, on this show before as well. Uh, and then we've got some things about uh, uh, leading, caring, communicating, and, and dreaming big, which fits really well into what uh, uh, Rebecca's keynote is going to be speaking about. But there's a workshop on that. Uh, one about uh, discovering joy in three movements uh, by one of our district superintendents, uh, Reverend Karen Rice Ratzloff. I'm interested in that one as well. We also have something that we're going to be talking about. If you're curious at all about what are all the different types of resources available uh, from the Congregational Excellence Team, and there are a ton of them, so much so that they had to put together what we call the playbook, which is like this catalog. Um, they're going to be talking about that. Reverend Jeff Klinger, our, our Director for uh, Congregational Excellence, will be helping with that. Uh, and then we have another one that's titled Through the Ages, uh, which I believe is intergenerational uh, types of, of ministry. So there's a ton for people to take part in uh tell us a little bit about how those will function and and uh just how those kind of came about so um so um we believe strongly in learning from the successes and the stumble stumbling blocks of our people right um sometimes it's learning what's applicable in our world and um and and translating it out which is why oftentimes we draw on not the experts from outside the great plains but the experts inside um the great plains um and what they're doing um you will note um and i hope it's one of those things there's a lot of intentionality that the the speakers and the workshops represent um, churches of all different sizes um different stages um, and different areas. So we have Kevin Dixon, who's talking about connections and connecting across not just um, the community, but you know, how do they, they're in a smaller town, right, in Western Kansas. And he's talking about how they're connecting multi-denominational to grow all of the churches and all of the faith community within their, their world um, to um, smaller churches talking about how do you connect across the um, across the denom uh, the generations and, and all of that into our cultural diversity pieces, but it's also done with respects of understanding that a lot of our churches are either getting um, international pastors or all of that work will be applied um, regardless of your size, right, um, kind of piece. So we really, um, we really worked about that. We also understood different needs and different areas that people might want to hear from. We obviously just reminding people that the conference has resources, please tap into them. We recognize that most people actually, some of us know Mission Inside and have used it and we're like our data nerds. So it's, it makes sense to us. But oftentimes a number of laity do not understand that this tool is sitting there because it hasn't, info, it hasn't gotten to their level. Nobody's reminded them that that sits there. Um, or into the fact that oftentimes we talk a lot about clergy burnout, but there's a bunch of us as laity are sitting in a burnout phase too. We too, we're trying to adjust our lives and it's hard and, and we're seeing the, we're seeing it now more so because we're tired and, um, we're not as, um, we just need somebody to affirm a little bit of what we're feeling, right? 
Um, but also figure out we've kept the adrenaline for this long and now it's finally depleted i know it's just that moment of like i've kept going for so long why do i feel like i'm just so tired (laughs) kind of thing um and you know i have a i actually have a friend that admitted to admitted to us a couple of weeks ago when we had a snow day that it took her into a ptsd place because it took her to the space when her kids were home and she was trying to work during the pandemic and she's like i now dread snow days i used to love snow days i hate them (laughs) because of that kind of thing and so burnout is really real for us um it's in a different context right um where we no longer enjoy snow days because our kids are home um but um but it's also that kind of level so so we offer those different workshops what we do is we'll offer um there's five there's two sessions that you'll have an opportunity so you'll get to see two workshops there's five workshops each um, time to choose from in those, those sessions. Um, but we also know that that's a lot of content, right? And you might be like, wow, the, the workshops I want are up against each other. Don't stress, we're recording them. <laughs> and they will be made available and the resources um, will be made available as well because we believe in giving it as much access as we possibly can um, with our people. I'll be honest, I'm very excited about this lineup because I feel like it's a very balanced, um, it's laity, um, clergy, it's people across different places in our conference, it's conference staff, but it's also just people who are just right there in the heart of it, on the ground, um, doing the work, um, talking about things. And they've been encouraged not just to talk about the successes, but where the roadblocks are, um, because I think we need to hear the roadblocks um, so we learn from them. And it's it's a, a work smarter, not harder <laughs> situation. Um, well, it's we reality, right? Other. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. no reason to gloss over it. We 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 have hit a lot of speed bumps uh, mm-hmm. over the last three years, uh, pandemic, and then there's the the turmoil within the denomination that everybody's well aware of, uh, and then there's the political climate in the United States, and and just there's so many things. It would not make sense for us not to get into those things that people obviously know we're going on. Right, which is also why we have the Methodist 101 class. To be honest with you, we're having that just to remind us who we are and what we believe. And why not have it taught to you by a layperson who really has a grasp of it and has um, taught that class a lot. Um, He's also, I mean, let's be honest, he teaches at the law school at Washburn. Um, So it's also somebody who knows how to, to get that information to you, right? Um, in a way that's digestible, but also just to, sometimes we just, it's been a long time for some of us since we went through confirmation class. So sometimes we just need to know who we are, what we believe. Um, so then when somebody asks us those questions, we know how to answer them. And I think that that was another one of those. That's why that it might seem a little odd to be there, but it's also that that it's with intention that that class is sitting there too as a workshop offering. If you want more information, you can go to the Great Plains Conference website. It's greatplainsumc.org slash laity summit. Uh, from there, you'll be able to find additional links that get you to the different workshop descriptions. And most importantly, at the bottom of that page, there's a register now button. It is not too late by any means to go ahead and register for this. You can register up to the day of, uh, as mm-hmm. I understand it. Uh, so don't hesitate to, to do that. Uh, Lisa, I want to thank you so much for taking some time to kind of lay the groundwork with us. Uh, We're going to take a little break here in just a moment. When we come back, we'll have our interview with Rebecca Simon-Peter. 
Matthew 28 tells us to make disciples of Jesus Christ, but how can you do that? You can help by providing some inspiration each morning to someone else. Just go to www.greatplainsumc.org slash daily devotions. Once there, you'll find a QR code and a link to a sign-up page. Pick your day and your topic. If you need some assistance, there's even a link to the Vanderbilt University Daily Lectionary. Follow the instructions for submitting your devotion, and you've done your part to help inspire and encourage others in their Christian walk. Again, that's www.greatplainsumc.org slash daily devotions. Help make more disciples today. back to In Layman's Terms. This episode is focused on the 2023 Laity Summit coming up March 18th online. We just heard from conference lay leader Lisa Moffin, so now let's hear from our keynote speaker, author and consultant, Reverend Rebecca Simon-Peter. We're joined now by Reverend Rebecca Simon-Peter. She's an author and is the chief visionary for Rebecca Simon-Peter Coaching and Consulting Incorporated. Uh, and its flagship program is Creating a Culture of Renewal, which is a ministry that has a deep passion for helping congregations not just survive, but to truly thrive. And one of the key components of that ministry is helping leaders discern, find allies for, and implement a vision. Rebecca, thanks for joining us on In Layman's Terms. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. I should say that you don't talk just about any vision. Uh, I love what you say in your 2019 book, Dream Like Jesus, that we need to give God a whole lot more credit and uh, and trust in faith by dreaming and visioning much larger than we tend to do in the local church. So let's start by you sharing what you identified as Jesus's dream slash vision for all of us. Yeah, um, it occurred to me one day that as I was praying for the umpteenth time, the Lord's Prayer, the container in the Lord's Prayer was this, was this powerful vision. I mean, the whole Lord's Prayer is a kind of a vision, but thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It struck me that's Jesus's big dream for the world. We pray his vision every single Sunday, um, and we're, we're the people that are stewards of that vision. And we talk about stewarding budgets and buildings, but really, I think we miss the point that we're the stewards of that vision. And that's what the book Dream Like Jesus is all about, how to steward that vision. And we're going to be using that book uh, as part of our Laity Summit coming up here in a little bit later in March. Uh, I plan to dig a little bit deeper about what you talk about vision here in just a few moments. But first, I wanted to invite you to tell us a little bit about how you're going to be involved uh, with our Laity Summit coming up on March 18th. Well, I'm very excited to be able to offer a keynote address to the laity. Um, as was pointed out to me earlier uh, by folks in your conference, laity are 99.99% of the church. And it's so important for us to connect and empower the laity and listen to the laity and collaborate with laity because laity really are the church ministers. <laughs> you know, we're, we're sort of uh, at the front of the room, but we're not the church. The church is laity. So I'm very excited to have this time to engage with laity and share some really powerful ideas that I think will make a big difference for Great Plains folks. Um, take us through the book just a little bit here, a couple of the key concepts that I noted anyway, and then we'll give you a chance to say if you have other things we think you think I should have been focused on instead. But, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. You, 
you yeah. provide a, you provide a methodology in the book, uh, which is, I think is a good word and process for United Methodists, right? Uh, using the acronym DARE, so Dream, Align, Realize, and Expand. Yes. And in each of those categories, you tie the practice to what Jesus really did, as recorded in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Uh, we obviously don't have time to go through each of those individually, but can you share with us how Jesus was such a visionary leader and what that means for the message that you're going to bring during the Lady Summit? Yeah, well, um, Jesus was a visionary leader, and he started off by calling apostles. We usually think he called the disciples, but really, he was calling these folks so that they could ultimately carry out his message. And I think one of the most little-known facts in the Bible is that Jesus didn't actually carry out his own dream. The apostles did, the disciples, as they followed him, and then as they were sent forth, they stepped into their role as apostles. And we're called to be disciples for the purpose of becoming apostles, people who carry out the vision and carry out the dream. So Jesus called people to follow him so that he could then send them. And um, he had a whole process where he not only dreamed his dream and shared his dream, but he aligned these people to his dream. He got their buy-in. And as he got their buy-in, they were then the ones who uh, realized the dream. So dream, align, realize, and, and expand. Um, And as they carried out the dream, as they multiplied loaves and fishes, as they um, learned how to walk on water and um, bring forth the good news and and carry the good news, they went out in pairs and, you know, he sent out the 12 and he sent out the 70, then um, things went way beyond what first was envisioned by Jesus and what he first told them to do. Because after Jesus well, was died and resurrected, ascended, the, the, those apostles spread out over the whole known world and the church multiplied exponentially. And the church has been multiplying exponentially from that day until this day. Now, the church may be in decline here and there, but the church is still spreading and the good news of Jesus is still spreading. So all we have to do is look at our churches today to know, oh my gosh, his vision worked. His dream worked. We are still aligned with that and we're still realizing that and we're still expanding it beyond our walls. So that's the DARE model. And Jesus was involved in every step of it. And I think one of the neat things is, is that when he set his face towards Jerusalem, which we'll soon be revisiting that time in this Lenten season. By the time he'd done that, he already had sent out, he'd he'd shared his vision, he had trained up the disciples, he had sent them forth as apostles, they had begun to carry out his vision, he knew that vision was in good hands. There was no wondering, gee, I wonder if they're going to know what to do. I know. I wonder if, you know, if this thing is really going to work. He knew. I, I mean, it doesn't mean he wanted to be crucified. Who would? But he knew this vision was in good hands, even as he knew that there would be some people that stepped away and betrayed and lost heart. But he also knew, I believe, that they would regain their hearts and they would be, you know, continue to carry out that vision and that dream. So we need to have heart too, because in the midst of disaffiliations and discouragements and disappointments, hey, let's have that strong knowing this thing is gonna work. It's gonna work because we're carrying out Jesus's big dream. Uh, in your book, Dream Like Jesus, um, obviously a lot of the examples come from, cler- you know, relate to clergy and, and stories that you tell, uh, which I think really are good at connecting people. Actually, they can kind of see their church in those stories. I think, um, but I, obviously, you're telling those with the idea that this isn't just the pastor. As a matter of fact, you make the emphasis a lot throughout the entire book that 
they have to do just like Jesus did, bring people in, which is what the laity's job uh, really is in all of this. Uh, and since that's the group that we'll have at our laity summit, um, I wonder what kind of words of encouragement do you have for them to affect change in developing a clear vision for the ministry within their congregations instead of just being on the sidelines? Mm. Well, I talk about the five A's of apostleship. I'm not sure if I talk about that in the book, but in creating a culture of renewal. So there are five A's of apostleship. An apostle is somebody who's anointed, appointed, authorized, uh, and accountable as an ambassador of Christ. Now, in the United Methodist Church, we appoint clergy, but I'm not talking about that kind of appointed. I'm talking about the kind of divine appointment that comes when you know that you know that you know, you have a dream in your heart, you have a purpose in life, there's something you're good at, there's something that people acknowledge you for, that that's your ministry. And so what I really want laity to hear is that you are apostles. There's, there's, there's nothing um, distinctive that can only be done by clergy. Okay, in the United Methodist Church, we say clergy uh, do communion. Okay, but aside from that, um, it's a laity that carry out the vision. Those, those disciple apostles of Jesus's day, they were laity. They weren't like ordained. Um, Jesus was laity too, although we call him rabbi. It wasn't the kind of ordination that we think about today. He was a teacher. And so many of our laity are teachers and they are people who carry a message. So I think that's what I really wanna say about that is that living into the five A's of apostleship is your um, privilege, it's your right, and it's your responsibility, just like the rest of us. The visioning obviously is a lot of hard work, uh, but what I appreciate was your book continuously comes back to the concept that there is much joy to be found in the process. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I mean, the book uh, has a very positive tone to it. Um, and that's, I think, important in this era of disaffiliation and COVID-19 and everything that's befallen us in the last uh, three to four years here. Um, and I think it's also that you're very clear that this ministry is with people, not just to people uh, in, a lot of, in a lot of your examples. So you write in the book, I'm going to give a quick quote here, uh, your joyous task is to empower others to tap into the divine guidance that resides within in order to access the inherent goodness, desire, intelligence, love, and wisdom, all their own. Can you explain what you mean by that statement for our listeners so they can help catch that 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 uh that tone as they enter into the Lady Summit? I believe within each one of us is divine goodness, infinite goodness. Um, now, I'm born and raised Jewish, okay? So we don't actually have the concept of original sin. And I would like to note that original sin is not a biblical concept either. It came about in the, was it the fourth century or the fifth century with Augustine? So we're made in the image and the likeness of God. We are told and told Ma'od, we are good and very good. And it's so important to remember because at the very core of who we are is God. It's our soul. That's what's at the very core of who we are. And so I'm a big believer that inside each person is this divine goodness, this wholeness, this beauty, this joy, and that that's what we're to tap into. That's a different kind of concept than uh, the poor, you know, the poor, all the poor people around us. Oh my gosh, we have the answers, and, but they don't have any answers. No, I believe people have answers within them, but so often there are layers of discouragement um, based on what the world has said or what they've experienced. 
our job is to help people rediscover that goodness and wholeness within them. Um, I think that's a much more joyous task than, oh, I have to save the world. <laughs> no, you're not going to save the world. You're not. You can't. The world is too big, number one. And what if the world doesn't need saving? Um, in the Hebrew, salvation is about wholeness. And it's also something that takes place in community. I write in my latest book, Forging a New Path, Moving the Church Forward in the Post-Pandemic World, um, about the power of community for us to gather together. And um, that, that people have this, this, this deep innate spirituality in them. And so when we see people in that way, rather than as broken or lacking, there's so much more empowerment that happens for us and for them. And together we can re-experience the divine goodness within us. When you uh, explain how the process that you lay out, the, the D.A.R.E. process in, in, in your book, it's very evident to me that you're talking about this has to be a partnership. Okay. Um, the, the clergy, the pastor may have the initial thought, but this has to be refined and honed and and then shared throughout a congregation to get complete buy-in. And, and you have a whole section that talks about the importance of the buy-in uh, because you're going to get pushback. Yes, you are. <laughs> no, no, matter, no matter what you do. Uh, I wonder if you could tell, talk just a little bit about the role of, of laity in, in the shaping of that vision and the spreading of the vision. Yeah, for sure. So um, regardless of who comes up with the vision, there has to be this process of alignment. Um, one person cannot carry out a vision. Actually, I'd like to talk a little bit about the five surprise elements of a Jesus-like dream. That's also in the book. And so the, what the first one is that it has to expand assumptions about what's possible. So in other words, it's not something you already know how to do. It's going to push the edges a little bit. It's going to make you think, gosh, we've never done that before. And then it has to have a bit of a fear factor. And by that, I mean, it's kind of scary a little bit because it's not something that you know you can automatically do on your own. It will and must require the partnership of God. So it's got to be bigger than you so that there's space for God to be a part of it. And when I say you, I don't mean singular you. I mean the plural you. So it's got to be bigger than the pastor. It's got to be bigger than any one lay person or the laity as a whole. It actually has to be bigger than what the church can accomplish on its own. It's got to require the space for God. So anybody and everybody can and needs to partner with God. And the pastors will absolutely need the laity be, to be involved because this by definition is bigger than what they can do. So what's nice about a Jesus-like dream and carrying that out is it really does require collaboration. It needs the gifts and the graces and sometimes the pushback and the challenge of the laity because that will help refine the vision. And quite often laity are much more tuned in to the particular needs, feelings, thoughts, disappointments, and hopes of the rest of the laity. Um, pastors come and go laity, you know, sort of remain for a long time, which we're very, very thankful for. And so laity carry an important part of bringing awareness to the vision of components that the, the pastor may not be aware of. So this is absolutely a collaborative process. And you talked about how pushback is not necessarily a bad thing, um, about people don't push back when they don't care. Um, That's right. Yeah. It's 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 they may care about something a little differently than the pastor because, like yeah. you said, they're their pastor might move every three to five years or so, but but the clerk, the lady are there for for longer. Yeah. 
Yeah. And pushback. Some some people specialize in being challengers. That's their actual gift to the world. And they're challenging not for the sake of, of challenging, not for the sake of being a naysayer, but because they see a big picture and then they see the gaps. And so they're challenging um, what's presented, not because they don't care, but because they can see gaps that need to be addressed or perhaps some faulty logic or reasoning. So sometimes when people are in the presence of professional challengers, they feel challenged and uh, maybe put down. But the professional challengers aren't out to, to poop on the party. They're there to elevate the conversation and to ensure that the plan can really work. Now, it can take some special skill to work together effectively with professional challengers, but I'm just saying that so that you'll know, yeah, you got people in your congregation that, that wonder if it's really gonna work or how it's gonna work. Use their gifts, you know, use the gifts. And you may be the professional challenger. So just be aware that maybe sometimes people get intimidated by you because they think you're saying no. So be attuned to how you can let people know you care about it and you see some things that, that could be upgraded. So again, our Laity Summit is March 18th. What do you hope Laity take away from your talk with them as they, as they go through your uh, keynote and then other workshops? What do you hope they take away from your portion of the Laity Summit? My big hope is that they come away with a sense of agency, that they have the power to make a difference that they live into those five A's of apostleships. They know that they are anointed and appointed and authorized and accountable to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ, to be stewards of the dream. So really what I hope people come away with is a sense of, wow, I can do this too. I'm called, I have a purpose, I have power. And my dreams, maybe that's the very dream our, our congregation or our community is called to bring to life. So a sense of empowerment, and enthusiasm and excitement is what I really hope people walk away with. And we look forward to hearing from you uh, for your keynote on March 18th. Thanks so much, Rebecca, for joining me on In Layman's Terms. Thank you. There's much to learn in these great workshops and from the keynote speaker in this year's Laity Summit. Again, it's all online, so you can go to www.greatplainsumc.org laity-summit, or just click on the link in the show notes to register. It's not too late. You need not be one of the elected leaders of your church to take part. This learning opportunity is open to everyone. So I hope you'll consider taking part and will take what you learn back to your congregations throughout the Great Plains Conference and beyond. In Layman's Terms is a podcast sponsored by the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church and by me, your host, Todd Seifert. If you like what you've heard in this episode, please go rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. It helps others find us. And if you're so inclined, please share the link to this podcast on your social media channels. Our music and sound effects come via subscriptions to Universal Production Music and to Storyblocks. You can find archived episodes on the conference website at www.greatplainsumc.org podcasts or on my website, toddseifert.com. 
Please email me with any questions or comments to tseifert at greatplainsumc.org and I'll do my best to respond as quickly as possible. Thank you for listening. And until next time, please do what you can to help make more disciples of Jesus Christ. You can play a small part in helping change a life.